the topic of generosity. As we talk about this, I'm reminded uh, about a story about Vladimir Putin, uh, who is the uh, Russian leader. Um, Some would call him a dictator. Some would call him a president. It depends on who you are and where you are and what part of Russia. But nevertheless, the story goes like this, and it's a true story. Uh, Robert Kraft, some of you may be familiar with that name. He's the owner of the New New England Patriots. And in 2005, he went on a visit to Russia, went to Moscow, went to the Kremlin, and had a personal meeting with Vladimir Putin. And while he was there, uh, Putin noticed his Super Bowl ring. Now, Kraft has four Super Bowl rings, but this one was one that was sentimental to him because it was the first one. It has his name on it. It's a huge ring. Uh, Super Bowl rings are are massive. Matter of fact, uh, we've got somebody in our church that has one, and I've seen it a couple times, and it's, it's just a massive. I can stick a couple of fingers in there. Uh, But it's got diamonds, and it's gold, it's just huge, and uh, Putin was enamored by it, and uh, so Kraft took it off and uh, and let him have it for a few moments, and Putin said, I could kill someone with this ring, which is always an encouraging comment, and um, after a few moments, he put it in his pocket and turned around and walked away. Uh, Kraft kind of came after him, asking for his ring, and three KGB agents stood between him here and Putin, and that was the end of their visit. Well, when he reported this, the uh, government said it would be best for our relationship uh, with the Russians because it's tenuous at best uh, to you just to just say that that was a gift. And he goes, but I, I, that's my ring. I could give him another one. I, I want to really keep that one. They said, as a patriot, we would ask for your country that you just say that was a gift. And so until 2012, Kraft just kind of kept his mouth shut, and then he finally said, hey, I'm sick of this. I'm, I, don't, I want the world to know that guy's a thief. Uh, we see him, by the way, robbing land, and uh, we see him doing all kind of things, and, and I'm never surprised by it. I don't know if you are, but I'm never surprised by it. But it was a picture of someone who had been lent something for a few moments. It had been given to him to use and to see and to hold, but he decided it was his and that he had the power to keep it and the authority to keep it, and no one could do anything about it. You know, when we talk about biblical stewardship, the Bible tells us in Psalm 24, 1, that everything that exists, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the world and those who dwell within. Everything that we have is a gift from God. Our family is a gift of God. Our education is a gift of God. Our wealth is a gift of God. Our abilities, our talents, our relationships, where we live, everything is a gift of God. It's God's, and he has given it to us, and we are to be stewards. We are to be managers of all the blessings of everything that's been given. When we come to the point that we say, it's mine, and I'll keep it, and I don't have to, then we come into that spirit of saying, I'm the king, and I'm the God, and it's all mine. And the the truth be told is God created us to give. He created, just like he created the sun to give light and the earth to ref- and the moon to reflect light, the stars to give light, the earth as it gives produce. Everything is meant to give. It's part of what we were created to be. And so there's three principles that we see in Scripture, and they go like this. Give first, save second, and live off the rest. Give first, save second, and live off the rest. Let's talk about give first for just a moment. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 6 through 7, And there you shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, 
and your tithes and, contrib- and the contribution you present, your vow offerings, your free will offerings, your firstborn of your herd and of your flock. You see the principle here of first fruits, of giving the first of what you have. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice, you and your households, and all that you undertake in which the Lord your God has blessed you with. And then let's go straight to the New Testament passage there, Terry. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Then the principle of saving. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. Go to the slugger and consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. And then we see uh, this next passage here in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20. Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling or in his home, but a foolish man devours it. And then we see the principle of live, Proverbs 28, 19. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. Psalms 1, 1 tells us how to live. Blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers. And then, of course, Hebrews 13, 5. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We see these three principles. Give first, save second, and live on the rest. It's a great principle. You might be saying, how can we do this? Well, we want to give you some very practical uh, opportunity and practical information. It's a money management class, and we're going to be offering that. And uh, there's information in the back, and it's called Managing Our Finances God's Way. And we're going to be offering that on Sunday mornings and maybe even on Wednesday nights as well. And you can grab the paperwork on the back uh, of the Welcome Center when you leave, and it'll be out the next few weeks, and we'll be offering that starting in February. And so it's a great opportunity to learn what biblically how God uh, enables us and, and encourages us to set up our finances. So with that understanding, I've asked Christy McCallan, the world's greatest children's minister, and I really believe that, by the way, uh, to come. We've got our children with us today, and I've asked her to come and to share some insights for our children and parents. So, Christy, if you would come. I'm really not comfortable with that setup. That's a lot of pressure. Thanks, Ron. All right, I'm glad to see you guys today. This is a lot more full than the first one. I think Ron already said that, but you're a little bit intimidating for me. I am glad to be here today and glad to get to share something with you that um, is important on my, on my heart. But first, I want you to just stop for a few minutes and I want you to think about the perfect gift, okay? So for a lot of us, that is very close to home because we've been thinking about the perfect gift for people for quite some time now, haven't we? And we've spent um, time uh, buying and thinking and wrapping. And some of you don't want to see another piece of tape or another piece of wrapping paper uh, for a long time to come. And hopefully you don't have to. But I just want you to think about the perfect gift, whether it's a Christmas gift or a birthday gift or maybe it's a just because gift. But whatever that is, you go in search of the perfect gift for someone, a loved one, someone you care about. And you go to the store, and 
uh, you're looking around, and when you lay your eyes on it, you know that that is the perfect gift for the person that you're thinking about, right? And you're so excited. So you, you snatch up that gift because you definitely don't want anybody else to get it before you do because you found it, right? So you snatch it up. You take it to the cashier. You buy that gift. You bring it home. You lovingly wrap it or wrap it, right? And then from that point on, you are so excited. You can't wait because you're going to get to give this perfect gift to someone you care about, okay? Well, I have a gift like that today, my own perfect gift. And I'm really excited because I've gotten to think about this gift and plan for it. I got to go purchase it. I kind of wrapped it. Um, But I'm really excited about this gift uh, because of what it means in conjunction with what we're talking about today. And I'm also excited about this because someone in the audience today is going to get this gift. So that's really exciting. Well, you know, I feel like this excitement and this joy that we have when we get to give the perfect gift to someone is the same kind of excitement and joy that God wants us to have when we are giving on behalf of him, isn't it? He wants our heart to be so overflowing with love and joy for him that when we give, we can't wait to do it. Whether it's a gift of money, whether it's a gift of time, our talents, our service, it doesn't matter. He wants us to be so excited about him and what he's done for us that we cannot wait to give. And in fact, the Apostle Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 and 8. And I think you probably are seeing that right now, but let me read that to you. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7 says, Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not out of regret or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Well, if you're any, anything like me, the first thing I think about when I think about this verse is the last part of that, because that's what we hear most often is God loves a cheerful giver. But I actually want you to think about and, and read again the part right before that, that, that God is saying, I don't want you to give out of regret or necessity. I don't want you to give because you feel bad, you feel guilty, and so, so you're giving. I don't want you to give out of necessity so you can check it off your checklist and say, I'm done with that, whatever it is, whether it's money or service or time or what have you. But God is saying, again, he's telling us, I want you to give because your heart is so thankful and so grateful and so overflowing with joy that you have no other response than to give. Well, you think, that's easy, no problem. Kind of like my gift here, right? Like, this is super easy for me to give today because I've bought this gift with the express purpose of giving it away. So that's easy. In fact, it's, it's easy because I'm excited about it. But I'm wondering, what happens when God asks us to give that which is unexpected? How do we feel about it then? So... Okay, I'm going to talk to the kids in our audience for just a second. Um, If you're a kid, raise your hand today. Where are you? Do we have some of you? We have a lot of you. Yay, I'm glad to see you. Okay, so kids, I want you to think about this because I bet you've heard it in your house before. Maybe it's spring cleaning time. Maybe it's now. I don't know. But your mom or your dad comes into your room and they say, it's time. You have 
clothes that are way too small for you. You have toys that are overflowing in all of your bins and in your closet. They're coming out from under your bed, and you don't play with half of them. So what I want you to do is I want you to go all, through all of these things, and I want you to put in a pile the things that just need to be trashed, put in a pile the things you want to keep, and then I want you to put in the pile the things that you would be willing to give away, right? So you do that, and it might be a little difficult because some of us really love our stuff, and we don't want to give anything away, right? But you do it, and so you get this pile of things that you're going to give away, and you, you do something incredible with it. Maybe you take it to um, a charitable organization where children are going to get to benefit from these toys and these pieces of clothing that would not otherwise get to benefit from them, right? And that's super. That is a really great thing to do. But what if your mom or your dad comes in your room and they say, I want you to pick out the most prized possessions in your room. What are the things you treasure most in your room? So for me, Miss Christy, a few of those things would be my piano. My husband Luke gave me my piano several years ago, and I love my piano, and it brings me a whole lot of joy. Okay. Um, also, I, this is something that's really totally off limits for anybody, is my coffee mug collection and my Keurig because that's very important to me and um, my husband had a couple talks about how many mugs are in the house but um, they stay so far Uh, or or another thing I really love is I have this really fuzzy blanket and um, if you are my Facebook friends you've probably noticed uh, just this weekend I posted about how much I love my really fuzzy blanket but nobody in my house uses that unless I'm in an extremely giving mood because only I use my really fuzzy blanket, okay? So those are a few things that matter a lot to me, just stuff. So I wonder what it is that matters to you, your stuff. So what if mom and dad came in and said, I want you to take those prized possessions of yours, and I want you to give those away? Well, that's a little harder, isn't it? Yeah. Adults, that's harder for us too, isn't it? And yes, that's exactly what God did for you and I when he said, I'm going to take my most precious treasure, my son, Jesus Christ, and I'm going to give him as a gift to you. When he came down to earth as a baby and lived a sinless life and died on the cross for our sins so that we might have salvation if we chose to receive it, that's what God did for us isn't it? So in light of that, it's really hard for us to, to, to do anything other than have a cheerful and joyful spirit about the giving that we give, that we do, right? And the reality is, God's probably not going to ask you to give of your most prized possessions very often, if at all. You may go through your whole life and not have to give something like that, but that's not the point, God says, I want you to be ready and willing to give whatever it is I ask of you. So what this verse, verse 7, is telling me is God cares most about the intent and the motivation of our heart and much less about the actual gift that we give. Well, verse 8 goes on to say, And God is able to make every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel 
and every good work. And you know, this is really great news for us. Because God's saying, hey, if you're just willing to give, I'll make you successful. I'll give you everything you need to give and give abundantly. So I think the point here is God is trying to say, you need to take this knowledge that you know, and you need to be willing to put it into hard action. I have a friend today who's going to come join me in just a sec. And this is just a really great example of how we take our head knowledge and we put it into heart action. Ava Clayton, she's a fourth grader here at Rock Point Church. Come on up. And Ava had a God-inspired idea, okay? And, and Ava didn't just allow that God-inspired idea to sit there and ruminate and then eventually fizzle out. But she said, I'm going to take what God has told me, and I'm going to do something about it, and I'm going to have a cheerful and a joyful heart about it. So I want you to hear her story and hear how, how God worked through Ava to bless others, and I want you to really hear how this working is contagious. Um, we were at a chin ministry share day, and um, Mr. Mitch was talking to my brother, and I happened to hear, and he said that um, many children don't have shoes, like good shoes that, to go to school with. And I remember one day when my mom told me I had to clean out my closet with my shoes and everything. I had a lot of shoes that maybe I didn't really want or need. And um, so did my brother, and so we both started a shoe drive for the Chin Ministry in Men of Nehemiah. And it was really cool to just give away um, stuff that you didn't need, and and it just kind of filled a part of you that maybe you didn't have, or it just felt really good from doing that. You what you thought you might collect and how many you collected? We thought we might collect 50, but we got over 300 pairs of shoes. <laughs> Thank you, Ava. And I think, you know, that's just an example of how giving is contagious, isn't it? Like, in the, in the choice to, to do that, other people came alongside Ava and Luke and said, I want to be a part of what's happening because this is exciting. And um, so if you hear nothing else today, what I really want you to hear me say is, is that cheerful giving is nothing other than a happy sacrifice because that is exactly what God did for us. He, he provided a happy and joyful sacrifice for us. And can we not do the same? Well, to end my time up here, I'm sure some of the kids in the room are wondering what's in my gift bag that I said I was so excited about giving at the end of my time, right? So I'm going to ask Ava to open it, and we will see, in light of today, what the gift is that we're going to give. Got it? All right, Miss Ava, come on over here and read us the note. Someone is going to be given a gift card today, taking this knowledge that God loves a heart with cheerfully gifts. A person who has a gift card 
Under their chair today, can use that gift card thoughtfully to bless someone else. One of the best gifts of all is a gift of giving. All right, so now is your chance. Um, look under your chair. Somebody has a gift card under your chair. And what I'm going to ask you to do is if you're the recipient of the gift card under your chair, I'm going to ask you to thoughtfully consider how you are going to use that card to cheerfully give to someone else. Okay, any takers yet? Because I'll have to start giving out hints. Okay, it's going to be over in this area. So you people over here might want to look under your chair again. Uh-huh. And, um, and specifically, you might want to look under, like, the first three rows on this side need to look under their chair. And you might want to help your kids look if, if you, your, your children are looking and they can't find it. Uh, maybe like around where the florists are. Oh, there we go. Okay. Mark Graham has gotten the gift card. Very good. So Mark, Mark, I'm going to ask you to take that card and use it to cheerfully give to someone else. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you guys. Well, you've probably noticed up here on the stage that we also have these boxes up here. And what these are, these are banks. And they go along with the principle that we're talking about of give first, save second, and live on the rest. This one actually says share, uh, save, spend. And so we want to provide these for all the children today. If, uh, if you have children that are not here, if you need to pick that up, that's fine. But for all the children today, <clears throat> and uh, you can decide if you're a child. If you're over 18, we're going to say you're not a child. Uh, but we will help you take a class, okay? <laughs> but um, nevertheless, you can pick one of these up at, on the stage or in the back when you leave here. And we, this is a great way to teach your children the principle of giving. And uh, so I, I want to encourage you to do that and just pick one up and uh, teach them uh, the principle of giving first, saving second, and of living on the rest. Uh, if we start young, that's how we learn. That's how we learn best. That's how it becomes a part of who we are. You might ask, now, what are we doing with the money that we're giving? I want you to know what part of your giving does and the impact that it makes. And so I want to I just share with you, uh, I want to share with you our missions and benevolence and what we're doing specifically. And then also, uh, you're going to see some videos of some of the church planters that we're helping, which is really exciting because you see that it's multiplying. So it's not just what we do, but it's as we plant churches, it's what they do. It's the giving that they do. It's the missions they do. It's the impact that they have. Of course, there's the well uh, that was just started with uh, Matthew Harding, uh, City Church, Ray Harmon, uh, who's done a great job planting a church over in uh, the South Plano area, uh, mentoring one-to-one, a discipleship ministry that we are part of. Uh, also, there's the Elevation Church. It's here in Flower Mound uh, that is getting ready uh, to grow and do some things. It's just really exciting what's going on in their church right now. Vancouver, uh, Ra- uh, uh, excuse me, I'm going to have to look at it, who is Brad and Rhonda Farlow, who were members of our church, have planted over in Vancouver, which is uh, the most unreached city uh, in North America. And so they are up there with their families doing that. Uh, there's a, a, an Irving Indian church that we're supporting now that has planted this last year. North Point in Denton 
It is another church, new church that just started this year that we're uh, also helping. Also, it's not up there, but Crosspoint, Brian Blinden's church, uh, they are going to be uh, building their first building this year. And so excited to see what's going on there. Cross Church, uh, another church that just started this last year. Uh, matter of fact, one of our elders, uh, Aaron Harris, has gone with them to help them start. Uh, Cornerstone, Chris Simmons, many of you, some of you went over there Christmas Day and helped at Cornerstone, a church that we've been working with for quite a while in South Dallas. Living Hope, Camp Copus, BGCT, CCA, Denton Baptist Association, SBTC, the Quillins Children's Home, Church Planner Training, PAYS, uh, many of you are familiar with our PAYS program, uh, Bridges Outreach, which is an outreach right here in the Lewis, uh, area, Louisville area that helps children, uh, underprivileged children after school with their studies and with needs that they have. Traffic 911, uh, which helps children uh, who are being trafficked right here in the Metroplex, uh, rescue children there and give them a place. Men of Nehemiah, as you're used to, about once every four or five months we have them come in. And uh, you'll see from Lewis here in just a moment. A young Life, Chin Ministry. Uh, matter of fact, Ava talked about that. Many of y'all took chin baskets over for Christmas. Uh, Feed the Hunger, where we've done over 500,000 meals this last year. Rwanda, Greg and Tori Finley, who've been our missionaries out of our church to Rwanda. Help uh, is a Nepal missions that we've been doing since we started. The Voice of Martyrs, which is for uh, Christians who are oppressed and who are being martyred around the world. Haiti Relief, much of the uh, food that we pack uh, for Feed the Hunger goes to, to support the orphanages that we support over there. Uh, China, Doc Henry, who's a member of our church, who spends six months out of the year in China. Romania, another family out of our church that our missionaries, Ben and Chilla Spinks over in Romania. Kids Connect for Jesus, which is uh, our ministry in Belize and missionaries there. Uh, Indian Missions in India, Rehoboth Ministry Society, uh, Guatemala, and our Benevolence Ministry, as world, well as WorldLink, which is a new ministry we just partnered with this past year, which uh, the goal is to see 100 churches planted in Cuba by this time next year. There's already been 30, and so as we are working with them, as we're sending groups, the, the goal is to see 100 churches. They're just mass revival breaking out in Cuba. Matter of fact, that's really one of the only places uh, over in our hemisphere that we're seeing revival and just explosive growth in Christianity. And so we're excited about partnering with them for the days ahead. Well, I wanted you to see some of that, and I wanted you to hear from some of the, the people. Matter of fact, in our earlier service, we had Daniel and Mindy Scott, who planted over in, uh, in the Arizona area, in the surprise Arizona area, uh, Arizona area, and uh, just exciting what God's doing through their church. But we wanted you to see what's happening uh, with some of our church planners. Melissa uh, Misi, who's one of our children's ministers and works with Operation Impact Kids, also will give a testimony in the middle of this. So if you would, turn your attention uh, to the screen at this time. <laughs> 